Some time has passed since the Cleveland Cavaliers have officially been knocked out of the postseason. Bucks have been knocked out since then, as well as the Hawks. Only four teams left battling in the first round. So maybe, just maybe, Milwaukee's surprising demise can overshadow what happens with the Cavs. But there's some things to talk about. What went wrong, what comes next, and the future of J.B. Bickerstaff. So all that and more on today's edition of Across the Cavs. Buckle up, because here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs, late night on Thursday, April 27th. Thinking about how the Cavs season is over, and you know what? We're not going to talk numbers. We're not going to look at the series box score, because it's very easy to look at data and say, this went wrong, and that went wrong, and here's who we're blaming, and here's who we're not. Everyone that's recorded and talked about this game has already done that. So I'm not going to copy them and do that. I'm going to talk about what this season meant to the Cavs and why it was so special. Been a fan of this team, as most of you know, since the day the Cavs drafted LeBron James. I was not born in Cleveland. I did not get to Cleveland for the first time in my life until 2023. But on the day LeBron James was drafted, Growing up in Bergen County, New Jersey, I decided then and there I was going to abandon my Nets fandom, even though he had season tickets and joined the Cavs. I don't know exactly what you'd call that. He never played in the league. I haven't actually watched him play a game live, but his highlights and the hype seemed incredible. And at the time, in second grade, young me decided that I was going to become a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Certainly seems like a random decision to most. And anyone I've spoken to about my Cavs fandom has said, oh, it makes sense, LeBron James. But it was a weird decision. But it's one that I've never regretted and never gone back on. You know, I'm thankful to have this podcast, this platform to talk about my love for the team and the history of the organization and all that. It's been great. Met some fantastic people along the way and had opportunities I didn't think I'd get. As someone talking about the Cavs, especially in these last couple of months, uh, shout out Sports Grid. Really appreciated these opportunities, and hopefully they're able to continue. All because of the decision I made to support this young star 20 years ago. But this season was special. This is year 20 for, for me here, and... Year four of the podcast, first time in the playoffs. So it's really disappointing that couldn't go farther with it. You know, so many cool opportunities. A lot of content in the past has just been looking at guys on other teams that once played in Cleveland moving ahead. Kevin Love is in the second round. How crazy is that? The eight-seeded Heat got it done, knocked off the Bucks in five games. Giannis injury or not, that's insane. Jimmy Butler, 56, fourth most ever in a playoff game. But since becoming a Cavs fan in 0304, ahead of the 0304 season, I should say, there haven't been many great non-LeBron years. And that's not a secret. And it's something I've talked about a lot, a lot this year. Talked about it last year. You know, this pod started after LeBron had already left. So there was no riding the James coattails, no finals. This was the first time. So... He just did so much for this organization. 
And to think they've only won four playoff series in his absence. That's it. Four. Miracle of Richfield and then the Mark Price Doherty years. That's literally it, guys. It's been rough. And we're coming up on the anniversary of the Miracle at Richfield. I believe it was April 29th that that fateful moment happened. The Cavs got their biggest moment to date. And it was their biggest victory in franchise history for a long time. And it's still in the top five. Some would argue in the top three. Outside of Game 7 in 2016, you could really put any fantastic moment up there and have a good debate. could argue LeBron's 29 out of 30 is up there. But because it's been so LeBron James-oriented, right, this season just meant so much. 50 wins. It's a new era. The Mark Price-Brad Daugherty era saw 50 wins on the regular. They just had so much regular season success. At times, you know, they'd run into Chicago or New York or just a, a team that we couldn't take down. It was a tough matchup. There was that 97-98 team that got beat by Reggie Miller, had a couple of friends of the pod, Brevin Knight and Cedric Henderson, among others, on that squad. But since that year, 97-98, we hadn't even made the playoffs without James. I was born in 95. This is the Cavs' first non-LeBron playoff appearance since I was born. You know how many seasons without LeBron they've had in this span? A lot. They had the four when he was gone. There were the five years between 97-98 and when he got drafted. Another four, another three had gone by. This was the fourth. It means something. And I talked about this on the last episode which you heard after the game two win or rather two episodes back went on with Pete Kennedy following that. And it meant a lot because it's the new eras here. It, it justified the Donovan Mitchell trade because you got your first playoff one. It was at home. You tied the series. Things are looking up. They didn't stay up. Not for long. Game three saw the Cavs score 79 points. Game four, they couldn't do much. Couldn't close it out. After a great third quarter. In game five at home, abysmal, horrible showing. Start to finish. And the most tragic part of this on a personal level, I had plans last night or two nights ago at this point. We're past midnight. Uh, on the 26th, they were in place for about seven weeks and two weeks before, maybe even a week before. It was tickets to another game, different sport, sold the tickets, tried to make myself available to watch the Cavs. And sometimes, you know, you put a lot to the team you love watching and what's going on. Sometimes you don't make those types of decisions. And I very much learned that I definitely could have rewatched the game, could have muted all my notifications, watched it again, recorded it one way or another, stayed in to watch. Heavily regret that. You know, we, we've all got our commitments and things, and I don't think many other people may have done that if faced with the same thing. This was uh, a Mets game. If you were a Guardians fan, you had tickets, but the Cavs had a game, playoff game that day. Would you still go? Would you sell the seats? This was to see my team, the Washington Nationals, are my baseball team. If anyone did not know that, this is a Cavs pod. That's the team I tend to stick with, but I'm a Nats fan in my neck of the woods. 
got really good deal on good seats, opted to sell them because I thought the Cavs are more important. Not the case. Missed out on the Nationals win at that, but this season was supposed to be more special than, than, than this. You trade for Donovan Mitchell, right? And talking about the importance of that game to win. You trade for Donovan Mitchell, and all of a sudden, wow, we got a top 10, 15 player in the league. He's dropped 57 in a playoff game. He's been in the second round many times. He's played with some great teams, All-NBA, All-Star starter. And in the regular season, he scored more games of 40-plus points than anyone in franchise history. Not LeBron, not Kyrie, not Mark Price, Darty, Mike Mitchell, Bingo, Austin. Nobody. He had the best regular season in Cleveland Cavs history, and that's including a LeBron James MVP year before he went off to Miami. Incredible, isn't it? That he's this good. He scores 38 in game one against the Knicks. All right, playoff Donovan. We're going to be fine. The other guys will step up and play their game. It just didn't happen, unfortunately. Again, we're not here to talk stats. Why did the Cavs lose to the Knicks? Why did the season end early? Why are we not still here? Mitchell Robinson is a very, very big guy. His NBA career has really been plagued by injuries. And when the Hawks played the Knicks two years ago in the first round and Atlanta got by and Trey Young became a villain at the Garden, Mitchell Robinson wasn't even playing. He was out. Nerlens Noel was the starter. Remember when the Cavs almost took Nerlens Noel number one in 2013 before getting Anthony Bennett? What would have been better? Probably Noel, but he, he, wasn't, he didn't play his first season. Nonetheless, they didn't have Mitch. You saw what happened. Didn't expect Mitchell Robinson coming back to be such a deterrent. Every single missed shot was put back in by Mitch. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, that's two seven-footers, man, and we couldn't stop it. Big Mitch on the scene, wiping it up, making things clean. It's killing us. He was a killer. We thought Jalen Brunson was the killer. We thought Julius Randle was the killer. Heck, we thought Emmanuel quickly might be the killer, but Mitchell Robinson, who has made some interesting statements this year, he said, I... Give me the ball in the post. He still doesn't have a bag, but didn't make a difference. I'm the best center in New York after Nick Claxton was insane to start his season. He clearly had some subtweets for his teammates, but he got healthy at a good time. And unfortunately for the Cavs, took over. Yeah, you know, there was that one regular season game where Dean Wade Kevin Love and Donovan Mitchell, or I think it was actually Jetty Osman, Kevin Love, and Dean Wade were going insane from three. Dean made six. Kevin made eight. That, that was such an outlier of the season. I guess it's kind of like how Ricky dropped 37 at the Garden last year. We lost the other three matchups head-to-head, -head, including this one, the four out of five additional ones in the postseason at seven out of nine. Danny Green and Ricky Rubio saying we felt like we're the better team. They have to stop. Of course they thought that, but don't say that after you get destroyed by them. You got to lose with dignity. And don't try and take the high road and be like, yeah, I thought we were better. Sure, I thought the Cavs were better as well. 
I'm not on the team. They lost. You guys lost. Jared Allen giving his credit to Mitchell Robinson is actually really nice to see. Don't throw shade. Do your exit interview. Talk about it. Donovan Mitchell had his thoughts as well and his analysis as to how he felt at the end and starting out at the garden, not a bad way to get going. If he can survive the garden, you're going to learn a lot. He's still under contract for a few more years. We are going to hope for something better now this time around. It's never perfect, right? The Cavs lost game one. We didn't lose hope. They won game two. All right. Lost game three. Whatever. Lost game four. We didn't we didn't give up till they were fully out. 3-1 is the Cavs specialty. I mean, it really only happened what that one time, but that one time is on the biggest stage against the 73 and 9 Warriors. Anything is possible, but give credit to the Knicks. The Knicks outplayed the Cavs. Julius Randle gets hurt. You think Cleveland gets an edge? Evan Mobley is now the strongest power forward on the court, and it's not close. Obi Toppin comes in the game and has an epic second half. There's a reason New York took him with that pick, why he's gotten more opportunities this year, why they benched Julius in game four. But Obi stepped up. Obi Toppin really won them this series. Obi and Mitch, they did the thing. Who was that for the Cavs? Look, Kevin Love might not have been him. He might not have done enough for the, for the Cavs if he was still here. But watching him make five threes and dish out 12 rebounds in 32 minutes, plus 13 net rating, giving the Heat a decisive series win over the Bucks in Milwaukee? Makes you think. We kept Dean Wade instead. He has just been so bad. We were so enamored with his averageness in the past that we were willing to say it's okay to get rid of Kevin Love and just go along with it and agree with it when it happened. Replace him with Dean Wade. Very foolish were we Cavs fans. And he might not have gotten his touch back. Clearly his thumb is healed. His back is fine. He's doing well. He's doing real well. And you know what? I'm happy for him. There's no reason to not be happy for Kevin Love. The crazy thing is, though, we could be playing them in a series. It could be Cleveland versus Miami. Kevin Love versus the Cavs. Instead, it's Miami, New York. We've had some good moments over the years. We met in the playoffs in the mellow era. They just they, they won in the first round in that series. Might have been a sweep. Before the Cavs got shumped. But look, this season is something to be proud of. Evan Mobley was a defensive player of the year finalist. Donovan Mitchell broke the 40-point games record. He'll be all NBA. Darius showed in the game two win. And then again in game five, he can deliver as the star point guard of the team. We learned that Jared Allen is a little soft. And he's got to bulk up. He's got to get tough. Learn that you need depth. You can't just rely on your core four. You need proven players. I don't know if Karis LeVert is that. He had good games. He had bad ones. He was third in the team, 15 points per game for the series. Time to find out if he does stick around or what happens with Karis. Okoro had some really good moments when we were unsure about him at times. Jetty Osman, still don't exactly know. Ricky Rubio's got to go. Jetty Osman, we'll see what happens with him. Lamar Stevens can stay. I would try and trade the contract of 
Dean Wade, you won't get much, but you see what's there. Keep Lamar Stevens. You know, Windler's free agent. He didn't even play a real minute this year. Dylan Windler, if you're wondering, said we wouldn't do stats. We're not going to do much. And also looking, I typed in Dylan Windler on Google search. You know what the first question is? Is Dylan Windler ever going to play? Yeah. Not not good. He played three games of garbage time. But he was hurt late in the year. He scored five points in three games with one steal and one assist, a three and a two. That's literally it. In four years, he's played 84 games. That That's pretty bad. It's unfortunate. Injuries and confidence issues and whatever. But brah, it's really not good. What could have been for Windler when we got him out of Belmont, everyone was hyped. He had the deep threes in summer league. Just hasn't panned out, folks. It is what it is. But you look back at the year again, and I mean, Lawrence, the Karras is hit or miss. Cavs can take on the best teams in the NBA. They're a great defense. But there's going to be questions. Is JB that coach? Should he come back? I was sounding off early in the season saying, get him out of here, get him out of here. But then, you know, we look back at it. Was that a little short-sighted? Probably. He had some good moments. It was a tough loss, tough stretch. But I look back at a 4-1 exit in the first round. The Bucs are probably going to fire Mike Budenholzer, and he has a championship to his name. They've had a couple of letdowns. There was the bubble in the two years since the title. Three out of four years failing to reach the conference finals. Pretty crazy, given all that they have there. They may need to get rid of Giannis. I'm sorry. No. No, they do not. Keep Giannis. Best player in the game. Probably have to get rid of Budenholzer. To, not even to appease Giannis, but to try something new. Whoever the coach would be. Got a lot of good ones out there. Nick Nurse available, among others. Could be options. Could be some other coaches that still don't make it. Get a new coach there. That's crazy that they're out. Really can't believe the Bucs lost in five. Preseason NBA Finals pick was Bucks versus Clippers. Obviously, neither team's getting there, and they both lost 4-1. Bucks won game two. Clippers won their game one. And after that, nothing. See what happens with Phoenix. And I have a playoff pod preview for round two on Monday with all those thoughts. That'll be the next one after today, most likely. But you look at everything, and... I think you may need to consider a new coach. This is a big letdown. You should have advanced. You should have won a couple games. Getting knocked out at home, going winless on the road, not even showing signs of life in a couple of those games. Not closing out game one, not boxing out Josh Hart or Mitchell Robinson. That's what lost you the series. I don't want to hear about the numbers and the lack of scoring. You didn't box out. Your defense wasn't smart. And you didn't make your shots when you needed to. Your stars disappeared at times. They all took turns with disappearing acts. If I wanted to pay money to watch a magic show, I would. If I wanted to go see a great escape from Harry Houdini, I would travel back in time and do that. I don't want to see that on a basketball court on the biggest stage. It's disappointing. 
Evan Mobley, you got to bulk up. Yes, you were a deep boy runner up, but dude, you got to bulk up. You got to play physical. He was scared to take jump shots. He was soft. And Jared Allen might have secured the Charmin Ultra Soft deal. He might have secured it. He might be the new spokesman. We love you, Jared Allen. That doesn't change. You're a big dunker. You help change the culture. You're an all-star, for Pete's sakes. You're a very good big man. But you were soft in the series. You gotta just bulk up, man. Get tough. It's okay to be that nice guy. That's how, who you are. It's probably how you were raised. Fine. It's gotten you this far. It's gotten you $100 million worth of contract. Get tough, though. Be physical. The only physical moment he had in the series was setting that screen on Jalen Brunson, and he actually went to help him up. Good sportsmanship, okay? That's not being soft. That's good sportsmanship. But you've got to not just be the gentle giant. If you've ever seen the movie Rebound, basketball movie, Martin Lawrence, the coach of a middle school team, picks up the tallest kid from school who from band class, asks him to join the team. Starts out playing the game. He's just a gentle giant. They attack him, actually, because he won't put his hands up. What does Martin Lawrence do? He gives them icy hot. They all have to put it under their armpits. They'll start defending that way. Hands will be up. And the shooters get on, on the glass. They're going to want to keep their hands up so they don't feel the burn. Actually, really smart. Very comedic, but very smart. He becomes Big West. From West to Big West. We don't need to get that icy hot under Jared Allen here to make him get more physical, but something has to change. What's it going to be? The last things we really need for next season are proven wing players. We don't have any. None. I'm not calling Karras a proven wing because some days he's great, some days he's terrible. Jetty Osman, really, really do like him, and it's been nothing but praise for him from me. But I don't know if he's proven. Danny Green's probably not coming back, and it was just an unfortunately short tenure in which he never was properly utilized. And when he finally started to get some minutes... It may not have been enough. Should he have been out there more? Most likely, yes. He probably should have been out there more. And when he had that one good game, too, and he really only made one three in it, it is what it is. Sam Merrill got a contract instead of Diakite or Isaiah Mobley. Would have been that extra big. Robin Lopez was not that guy. Not being able to play another big when Mobley and Allen struggled was a killer. They didn't know what to do. Lamar got a few minutes. Dean had his turns. Jetty, Danny. They were all taking turns at power forward, and none of them had the answer. So other than a dominant game, too, the series was a mess. Get your next big, because we have to be able to change things up for different situations. Draft someone that doesn't even any picks. Got to sign and make some trades, move pieces around. There's some good players available. We got the mid-level exception. Let's see what the Cavs end up doing. They don't need a guy with playoff experience per se to play that role, but it sure would be nice. We're going to see how everything shapes up, but that those are my off-season needs. You can keep Allen, Mobley, Garland, and Mitchell together, but there's definitely some work to be done. So those are my thoughts on the end of the season. It's still a special one. First non-LeBron playoff season in 26 years. So let's see what 23-24 has in the store. We're going to have to watch other teams play for what we wanted. 
But that's what happens when you don't handle your business. Um, Zach, this is Across the Cavs, and we'll see you again real soon with a lot more playoff content to come. Don't you worry. You like what you heard. Drop a review. Give a rating. Spotify on Apple. You listen. I post. You review. I think. See you next time.